Hey everybody, it's day three of Vacation Bible School. And for listeners, it's actually week three. I am Chrissy Baki. I am the hippie Christian who cares. And every year, for a very long time, I take a week's vacation to spend at church, at Vacation Bible School, because I love it so much. I have had nothing but fun at Vacation Bible School since I was probably in the second grade, and I love it so, so much. So this year, in an effort to prepare for being the very esteemed storyteller, I am doing my podcast on the five days of Vacation Bible School. So we are in day three, and the theme of this year's Vacation Bible School is food truck party. I know, how contemporary is that? Everybody loves a good food truck, am I right? So today, let's taste and see how the Lord is good through the prophet Daniel. So before I start talking about Daniel, the way Vacation Bible School works is that there's usually this overarching theme, food truck party, right? Something kind of fun, contemporary, whatever. And then in this scenario, you have something called your main course, and that is the Bible verse of the day. And it's interesting because the Bible verse of the day is give us this day our daily bread from Matthew 6 um, verse 11. It was actually the words that Jesus Christ speaks in the um, Lord's prayer, right? And we know that give us this day our daily bread means give us what we need. Um, mind, body, and soul, right? Um, specifically, um, the physical things that we need and the food that we need and the water and beverage that we need and all that good stuff, right? We know from last week's session, God had given manna, um, the bread from heaven. And we know that God has woven these Old Testament stories in so that when New Testament, he comes down in the form of Jesus Christ to teach us and show us and to live and die and raise again for us, that would be the bread of life. So this particular story is interesting because Daniel is, it's, it's a, it's not the Daniel in the lion's den. It is the same Daniel from Daniel in the lion's den, but the very first chapter of Daniel, Daniel chapter one, you should read it, is sets the stage for what happens next and what happens next. Um, in the, back to the sort of setup of the day on food truck party is there's also a daily special and that is let us thank God for our food. So interestingly enough, these 
daily specials are going to add up to a whole prayer. First one was God is good. God is great. Let us thank God for our food. So the story is set in Babylon. And you may or may not know that um, Daniel is a young Judean man who was captured and taken to Babylon in the 6th century. So Babylon conquers Jerusalem and takes everybody captive. Interestingly enough, the leader, the king of Babylon, was Nebuchadnezzar. It's N-E-B-U-C-H-A-D-N-E-Z-Z-A-R. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And he wants all the best of the best to be in his court. And so when his like chief guy goes out looking for the best of the best, he comes across Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, the last three names probably won't come as familiar to you until you say Ashek, Meshach, and Abednego. I think it's that whole rhyming thing, Ashek, Meshach, and then Abednego doesn't rhyme, but somehow those three names kind of roll off your tongue easier than Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So those three names were their Jewish-born names. When the king... And Hananiah, um, I'm sorry, and Daniel. Um, when the king brings Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah into his court, he gives them new names. Um, Daniel's is like Belteltazar. Um, and of course, Ashak, Meshach, and Abednego. And let me see if I can actually see what they called them. But basically, the names were changed so that they would feel like Babylonians, and the meaning of their names the meaning of their original names give glory and honor and praise to God. The meaning of their Babylonian names do not. And they give meaning to something Babylonian or to even a Babylonian idol or God with a little G. And so it's King Nebuchadnezzar's mission to acclimate these fine, young, strong, smart men to become Babylonian. And while they are honored to be picked, they are not 
ready to honor any other God except God the Father who created them and that they would know that um, a Messiah is coming. So that sort of sets the stage. And before we learn that Ashek, Meshach, and Abednego are going to face a fiery furnace unless they bow down to the king, and Daniel would face a den of hungry lions unless he stops praying to God. This is what sets the stage. They get picked and they come into the king's court and the king says, you know, this is great. You guys are super smart. And now you get to eat with us and you get to have access to the king's food. And Daniel says, no, thank you. If it pleases the king and if it's okay, we'll stick to our diet. And their diet is a diet that honored God. And for very, very, very specific reasons, and I won't go into the whole um, reasons why they ate certain foods and why they didn't eat other foods, but it all had to do with honoring God with what they ate. And so he's like, we can't, let, let me eat how I eat. And the chief of the, the king's chief officers, like, yeah, no, it's kind of part of the deal. Like you got to eat with us and you got to eat our stuff. And Daniel's like, Hey, tell you what, let's give it a test for 10 days. Let me and my friends eat vegetables and water for the next 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, put us up against your four best guys and see who's more physically and mentally fit. And they like surpassed those guys after 10 days, like 10 to one. And the king was like so impressed that he made everybody eat Daniel's diet. And did you guys know that there's an actual Daniel diet out there. It's called the Daniel fast. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. As you can see in food truck party, food is talked about a lot in the Bible. And I think that is because God is the God of our mind, our body, and our soul. So he wants us to take care of all three. In Psalm 34, verse 8, I already made reference to this in the introduction. It says, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taking refuge in God is going to God for shelter and for safety, to, to dwell within God. And so in this story, you would almost think it's going to be way more exciting to talk about Daniel and the lion's den. 
but God leads with Daniel being taken into captivity. And even though he is picked to be in the king's court, Daniel is going to be faithful to God. And he starts with the food that he eats. And it's not that he, maybe he was tempted by the king's food. Maybe he wasn't, you know, let's be honest. When you go into a buffet, the salad bar probably isn't nearly as tempting as the nacho bar. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yummy. Who doesn't love some super good nachos? Yeah. Yum. I'm a big, big fan. Anywho, but the salad bar, probably a little bit more healthy for you. And the interesting thing that I think is that while this is a very specific diet, it does not tell us in the Bible that we have to eat this food. In fact, later on in the New Testament, Paul speaks of food, again, glorifying God. And if the food you eat is offending somebody, don't eat it. Like, eat to glorify God. Eat to nourish your body and to give thanks to God because God is the God who gives us what to eat and all that good stuff. And so the overindulgence isn't good. Now we're just busting the gut because I got to tell you, I'm kind of an Oprah situation. You know, one year I'm skinny, one year I'm a little fatter, that kind of stuff. Have not been eating my best foods or diet as of late. And so this is just a good reminder that it isn't just eating the right foods. It's eating for the right reason and not forgetting who to give the glory to. So Daniel looks at food as a gift from God. He looks at his food as a way to honor and glorify God, which is a lot of how Jewish people ate and still quite honestly do eat. And so while the king was offering the gift of his food, Daniel looked at it as if I accept this gift, I'm honoring you, and I want to honor my God. And so God uses it to nourish our bodies, and then we honor God with all of our body, with our mind, our body, and our soul. We honor God with our mind in the way that we think and the way that we process things and the way that we speak and our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. We honor God with our body by the way that we eat and the, by the way that we exercise. Our hygiene, I know that sounds weird, right? But when you're stinky and dirty, does that come across as honoring God? No. So, you know, there are times where you're lazy and you don't feel like taking a shower. Probably not such a bad thing, but present yourself in a way that honors God so that when people see you, they know that you are honoring God. Um, 
And then our soul. And you say, how do you honor God with your soul? Well, you love God with your soul too, through prayer and through worship and through praise and thanksgiving and gratitude and faith. And it is our faith that gets strengthened from God and through his Holy Spirit. And so mind, body, and soul. And that balancing act is hard for us. It's hard for humans because we spend so much time on diet and exercise and it's so easy to get so super compulsive. Oh my gosh, I would run a route and then I would drive it to make sure that it was like 3.1 or, you know, if I was doing a 10K 6.2 and I'm only busting it out laughing because I've never been good at any of it but I still was doing it and it was like exciting and when I very first started running I ran to a playlist that was a prayer list I would do songs that would pray for my family or songs that would pray for my workplace or songs that would pray for others. Um, I always laughed because I used help from the Beatles just in to, to pray for requests that people would be like, Hey, can you pray for my mom? Or, Hey, can you pray for, you know, um, I'm going to have a baby or can you pray for my sister? Whatever. And yes, then I would remember when the song Help came on that that would be the request. And I did that because I didn't want to take away from God in my exercise. And then I got so obsessed with it anyways. It's crazy, right? But first, Daniel was honoring God um, through his diet, God gives us gifts and and he gave Daniel and um, Meshach, Ashach, and Abednego. It's Ashach, Meshach, and Abednego as if you have to say them in that order. But he gave them gifts of intelligence and physical fitness And they got called into the king's court. And it wasn't solely because they ate good, so God honored them with these extra gifts. God gives us gifts. And now we want to honor God with our bodies. Also, too, on the whole eating and exercise and honoring God with your bodies. Yep, eating and exercise is important. But what are you doing with your hands and your feet? Um, You know, are you helping volunteer? Are you doing something good for your community? Are you serving your actual neighbor or a friend? Um, Interestingly enough, I've been staying at my daughter Susie's house because I was helping while her um, husband Carter was with his dad who is sick and across the street lives a young pastor who just had back surgery and 
I noticed today when I was sitting out in the driveway watching Cece and Sam on their scooter and bike that several church members, I'm assuming church members or friends or family, stopped and brought stuff over for their family. And I love that. Do we do we do that? Do we serve our church family? Do we serve our neighbors? Do we serve a coworker or somebody in the community? Do you go to something like um, Gifts Men's Shelter? That's what we have in Janesville, Wisconsin, where men are provided for as they work to get back on track in terms of jobs and housing and um, sometimes even addiction and sobriety. It's not always the case, but sometimes it is. And so, you know, that's important too. And so it isn't that the food made them smart. It certainly helps us to think clearer and to for our bodies to function well. But doesn't mean that you can't occasionally have dessert or a burrito supreme. Has anybody ever pondered the th- thought, though, that burrito supremes used to be way better in the late 70s, early 80s? I don't know what the change is, but it's just not the same. I don't know if my palate changed or if the ingredients changed, but I used to love a burrito supreme. And now I find them disappointing. Womp womp. And it's very rare that I don't find fast food extremely delicious. Um, A sausage McMuffin. I know, it's like a breakfast sandwich that is just delicious. I know, I've got problems. Caffeine and candy really is what my problems are. Um, The third thing, though, is that in receiving the gift of food, we give God thanks. And it's a response that we have. And so kind of you are what you eat. Think about what you consume and how it affects your body, but also all the other things you're taking in, right? Um, these name changes that Daniel and Ashak, Meshach, and Abednego had so offensive to them that they kept their own names. And even though they allowed the king to give them another name, they didn't really have a choice. They were true to their God. And so they were constantly giving thanks to God and remaining faithful to God. So while that is the story that is going to be told on day three of Food Truck Party, that Daniel and his friends eating the good stuff and God giving us this day our daily bread. So let us thank God for our food and how Daniel and his friends honored God by eating their vegetables and water to stay strong. Good message for littles. It sets the stage for who Daniel, 
Ashak, Meshach, and Abednego really are and who they remained faithful to, which is who is God. And what's interesting is people weren't jealous of what they ate. They may have been a little bit jealous of their physical form or their handsomeness. But the truth is they were jealous, these other soldiers and other members of the king's court, because these four men had something that they didn't have and that they wanted and they couldn't quite put their finger on it. So they assumed, you know, they just started digging for it. And when they realized that their Achilles heel wasn't the food, but was their God, they started combating against God himself. So in Daniel's case, they make a law, they trick the king into making a law about praying to God. Um, God's that the you know, basically that you should be worshiping the king. Anyone caught praying to their God would be thrown into the lion's den, right? Completely targeting Daniel out. Daniel didn't care. Three, three times a day, he would go right to his room and kneel in front of the window to pray because that's where he prayed. That's where... He was honoring God and praising God and giving God thanks and confessing to God in all the ways that we pray three times a day because he was that faithful. And he knew that it was against the law, but he's like, doesn't matter. I serve God. So, of course, he gets thrown into the lion's den and God shuts the mouths of the lion and Daniel comes out victorious, right? Ashak, Meshach, and Abednego, same story, a little bit different. They were trying to be coerced into worshiping a golden idol. And they're like, nope, not going to do it because we worship God and we don't worship other gods. First commandment, we dig it, we follow it, we're doing it. And when they're brought on trial, so to speak, they're like, yeah, sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not doing it because even though we are going to go into the fire and probably die because that's what happens when you're thrown into a fiery furnace, we still know that our God covers us, that he will redeem us. And we just, it's worth it. Like it is worth all-consuming fire to love our God. And yeah, they go in, their coat clothes aren't even like covered with like ashes or anything. They come out like pristine. So amazing that God takes care of them as well too. After that, there was probably some fear in those other men. Um, a lot of the other men probably got thrown into the fire 
afterwards anyways for just being big old cheats. But truth be told, people feared them because they had this amazing almighty God on their side. And guess what? We do too. This story is a little bit more than just about what is the right things to eat. There really is a diet called the Daniel Fast. It's supposed to be both a spiritual and physical diet that helps you with your mind, body, and soul. It's pretty much a vegan diet. Um, totally worth trying. And I'm sure you're going to lose some weight and feel, you know, energetic and all those good things too. I don't think that having dessert is sinful. I don't think a steak is sinful or lobster or anything that is out there that is delicious. It is it is the gluttony of it. It is the utilizing food in place of God. When we eat to make ourselves feel good, that's ridiculous, right? Because you feel good while it's going down your gullet, but then when your belly's over full, ew, that doesn't feel so good, right? So there's certainly consequences to what we eat and how we eat and all that kind of stuff. But also too, God is in love with you as is. And we all have habits that aren't good, whether it's eating or over-exercising or ad other addictions. I mean, watching too much TV, binging on Netflix, um, too much TikTok and social media, um, reading too many books and, you know, getting engrossed and obsessive compulsive over a thousand and one things, right? God is good and God is for us and created us in his image. And then he sends his son to take care of all those messed up things to die for us and to take that sinfulness to the cross and to the grave and to hell to say no more. And then Jesus raises victorious and we get to live forever. Woohoo! Hooray, right? And that's worth a whole Easter basket full of candy. Fun fact about Easter. One time, I'm pretty sure my parents decide to go to church on Easter without their six kids. I think my mom just needed the solace and the serenity of Jesus Christ uh, after putting six Easter baskets together. And so um, me and my sister and my brother, Eric, are just like chowing down our candy, right? So I'm pretty sure I'm real hopped up on the candy because um, I kind of vaguely remember like taking some of the like chocolate eggs and some of the candy and like smashing it on my head. And when I get my sister Susie laughing her head off, it is so worth it. Like so worth it. Like it gets to the point where I can just say one word and then she's still just busting her gut. Yeah. Well then my mom and dad get home and all of a sudden my Easter baskets on top of the refrigerator where I can't reach it. 
Like, what is that all about? I'm hilarious, right? Making people laugh with my Easter candy and now I'm in trouble. Not fair. But again, maybe a little overindulgence, right? And so we must watch what we eat. But also, what are you consuming in terms of devotions and the Word of God and those kinds of interactions with other humans about who God is and the goodness of God and how we worship God and and how much we love Him and how to take care of each other. That's what I think God means when He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because you, when you read this Bible, it is so apparent that God is in love with us. And the way that He has woven every detail of who we are and what we do I mean, he counts the hairs on our head, right? So good. So don't forget to consume some of that too. So here's a classic hippie Christian who cares challenge. Mind, body, and soul. What are you consuming? What are you tasting to see that the Lord is good. Um, Think about what you're eating and what you're putting into your body. Think about what you're taking in with your eyes and whether it's reading or watching. Um, Same with your ears, what you're hearing, um, what you're speaking, um, concentrating on your mind and your soul. What are you doing to nurture your soul? And that is a little bit of a loaded thing because it is the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that nurtures our soul. But we aid in that by our worship, our meditation, our prayer, our gratitude, our service to others. Think about how you're using mind, body, and soul to taste and see that the Lord is good. And let's be a little bit more like Daniel, Ashek, Meshach, and Abednego. We might not be the most beautiful specimens on earth, but that wasn't what mattered. What mattered is their beautiful faith. Let's have faith like Daniel. Daniel.